0: So this morning, I woke up with a fever, and uh, so I've just been moping around all morning long, just kind of wandering like a zombie around. So if I, I will do my best to stay upbeat, um, but don't touch me, uh, because you will get, you will get sick. Uh, Mother's Day is always, you know, there are certain days for pastors that... You know, carry a little more weight. Uh, um, Easter is one of them, Christmas, and then Mother's Day, because you don't want to mess up. Because for a lot of the moms, it's like they had to use Mother's Day as a leverage to get the kids to go to church. And so you don't want to mess it up. So I decided to choose a section of scripture that would really kind of hone in on the most important thing about uh, Mother's Day. And it's found in Ephesians, and I wanted to just get started on it because I know you guys want to get out and have, have lunch and all that. Wives, be subject to your own husbands <laughs> as to the Lord. I felt this was fitting. No, I'm just kidding. We, we are in a, uh, we're in a series called Not Your Sunday School Jesus, and uh, don't, don't send me any emails for that, okay? It was just a joke, okay? So uh, it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, you're texting right now, okay? Um, and what we've been talking about are stories that you may or may not have heard before uh, from Sunday school or maybe just getting to know the Bible and all those things. And we've been looking at them from a different perspective, maybe a perspective that's a little different than what you saw in Sunday school. And the, basically, it's just me being able to preach through my favorite Jesus stories. That's, that's really what it should have been called, John's Favorite Jesus Stories. But it didn't have that great a ring to it. Um, so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at a, an unbelievable miracle. Um, as a matter of fact, there's only two narratives, two stories in the Bible that make it into all four Gospels. One is the resurrection, kind of a big deal. The other one is this particular story. And so, um, and, and the story's incredible. And if, if you're new to the Bible or you think, it, you know, you're not no sure if you can uh, believe it or not, with this story, I, I totally get it because it's 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 a miracle. It, it's incredible. And so just to give you an idea, Jesus is going through his ministry and he's butting heads with the uh the Pharisees, the ruling class. And so uh Jesus is healing people, Jesus is hanging around people that that you're not supposed to hang around, unclean people, sinners, living spring people, okay? Uh us, me right? It's just, he's hanging around normal people, okay? And, and so the Pharisees don't like this. Also, he's healing people, but he's healing people at a certain time. We looked at this over the last couple weeks when we talked about the man being born blind and uh, Lazarus being raised from the dead. He's doing it on the Sabbath. He's healing on the Sabbath, and this is just getting the Pharisees, they're, they're beside themselves. And so, but there's these crowds that keep following Jesus, so he's on a boat and he lands on shore and there's just a mass of people. The Bible tells us, as we'll see later, 5,000 people there waiting for him. And so this is where we catch Jesus. Now what I'm going to do, um, if, if you allow me to, um, because this narrative is in all four gospels, Um, i put it together we're actually going to be reading and bouncing back and forth between three of them the matthew narrative and the mark narrative are very similar uh, but john and luke bring up some really important points uh, as well so if you see me like popping around from different books i'm not i'm not messing with the bible okay i didn't i'm not uh, just picking and choosing what i want this is the full story uh that's that's happening when jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And this is super important to get when we, when, we, when we step into this story. That Jesus comes off and, and he's looking at these people who are in desperate need of the kingdom of God in their lives. They're following Jesus around. Some of them are, 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 have friends that are carrying them to just get he, to maybe just have him touch them and be healed. And, 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 you know, I don't know how you think of Jesus when you think of Jesus, but this is the heart of our Messiah. He feels compassion for them. And, you know, I don't know. Again, I might be reading too much into the Bible, um, but I know that Jesus probably knew all of their stories. And when he'd see somebody and look him in the eye, he'd go, man, you are just struggling with anxiety. You're so worried about all this stuff. And when Jesus comes, he says, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's like he's just, he's, this, this word, this word for compassion is just this guttural. He just feels like, Oh, man. You, you, there's so much more to life than how you're experiencing it now. And so, what he does is something very, I, at first, when I was reading through it, it didn't make any sense. Because if, if you have this compassion, then you'd think he'd just be, immediately start healing. He'd immediately start taking care of everybody. And here's what he does. They were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. See, what Jesus wanted to do was change the way they think. And, and there's another book in the Bible. It's actually a letter. It was written to uh, the Christians in Rome. And uh, he says, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, says exactly what Jesus is trying to do here. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't, don't allow all the things of the world and all the worries and all the financial stuff. Uh, don't let that conform you and sh- or shape you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Jesus starts with teaching so that they can renew their minds, so they can understand what it does it mean to uh, see God as my heavenly Father? And what would that change in my life? And so Jesus is, is teaching this. Oh, by this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Now, I love it when the disciples tell Jesus something as though he couldn't figure this out on his own. Um, he's like, oh, wow, is it really? I don't know, my sundial watch it wasn't... Uh... So watch what they do. So they, 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 they come up with the facts, it's getting very late, and the people are going to get hungry, okay? And, and so then they come up with their solution. Have you ever done this with God? You're like, God, God, my, my finances, I'm just, we're just struggling. We're just struggling. Um, $3,000 more dollars a year, then that would do it. And then I'm good. Then I'm out. I won't ask for anything else. You ever did that? When I, when I graduated from college, I think I was making $22,000 a year. And uh, I remember my uh, thinking, like, I wonder when I'm going to get a raise. And I remember like bargaining with God. Like, hey, God, just seriously, just 25K? Who can't live on 25K? So just three more thousand. Okay, right. The, that raise came. And I was like, yes. And it was like, man, you know, 28 or 29 would be a lot better if I could just do that. And as, as I kept going on and on and on, it, it was never enough. But, but I was always giving God instructions. This is how this is the best way to solve it right now. And so this is what they said said to him. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Do you ever do that with God? Just send them away. Just God, my boss, just send them away. I just I don't know. I don't care if he goes to another place and makes 10 times more money, just send them away. Oh God, that teacher, please just Send her away. Get get, get her out of here. God, my this that annoying coworker, God, send him away. Just get him, get him, get him, get him out of here. We tell God just to remove it. You ever did that? Maybe, maybe it's something different. Maybe it's something with your health. And there's an ailment, and you're like, God, just send it away. You just want to just want to be done with it. Right? Maybe it's a situation, a financial situation or a situation you're in where you just say, God, would you just remove it? Maybe it's a temptation. You ever had a temptation that you seem you can't get past and it keeps coming up again and keep coming up again and you've ever prayed this prayer? God, just just take it away. Just, just why, why would I even be tempted with this any, anymore? Just remove it. And Jesus rarely does that because he knows the next day there's going to be something else. And unless you want to live on a desert island, which actually would not be too bad. Uh, yeah, Lord, that's what I want. No, uh, unless you want to do that, uh, Wouldn't it be better if he trained you, he taught you how to deal with the situation that you're actually in rather than remove it? Because each time you walk through that with him, you become stronger, you become wiser, you become calmer, and you become closer to your heavenly father. And so they said, just remove them so they can get something to eat. And then Jesus turns around and shocks them, quite frankly. There's 5,000 people there and he turns to the disciples, and he says, you give them something to eat. What? I mean, seriously, Jesus. I mean, I don't know if they started. I would, I would laugh. I would start giggling. I'd just be like, man, he's crazy. Jesus is crazy. And so that's kind of what they did. They, they said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. You could, I can just see Matthew. He was the tax collector. He's like, wait, there's like 5,000 people here. God. Yeah, that's eight months worth, Jesus, you know, he's like, he figures it out. Are we to go spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? And this, we do this all the time with Jesus. Jesus, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to solve this problem or get through this difficulty or this circumstance? It might be your marriage, you know, where he's saying, hey, you work on your marriage. I'm not going to remove it. I'm not going to do anything. And you say, man, I, how in the world? It, we've, we've come so far, and we're just struggling. And, and maybe, it's a, maybe it's one of your kids, and they've just wandered off. And you're like, man, I, I just can't. Can you just bring them back to Jesus? And he's like, you need to work on this. You text them. You call them. And they said, we don't, we don't have the resources. They don't have the financial resources. They don't know how how are they going to have bread, enough bread. And Jesus is asking the same question to us this morning that he's going to ask the disciples. How many loaves do you have? What do you have? Not what you don't have. That's easy. We can all figure that out. What do you have? How much patience do you have? (laughs) You're like, none. Like, no, nope, you got to have a little. There's going to be a little in there. What do you have? How much? I, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I don't have time. I don't have time. How much time do you have? I don't, we don't have any money. Everything's hard. How much money do you have? See, God wants you to answer that question before he goes through the miracle. What do you got? What have you been doing with the stuff he's been giving you? What have you been doing with the money, albeit very little money? What have you been doing with it, with your time, with your relationships? He says, how many loaves do you have? He wants wants the question answered, and he wants it answered from you as well. Of like, okay, before we move on and we send them away and all this kind of stuff, or or, that co-worker that's just driving you nuts, Okay, what what do I have access to if I if the person was never sent away? If if the situation isn't fixed, what do I have access to? This is what he's asking us. He even says to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. Go and see. Find out. I want a number. Somebody get me a number. Peter, how how many you got? He wants a number. Here's what he says. <laughs> this is so funny. I love reading the Bible because you start thinking about what exactly took place. There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many people? So essentially, if you think about it and you read the Bible, and I, I believe the Bible and I believe this really happened, like 12 burly disciples surround some little kid with his lunchbox (laughs) think about that and they walk up to him and they're like hey what's in your spider-man lunchbox (laughs) the kid's like what i don't have a spider-man lunchbox i don't even know what you're talking about this this is just some old rocks i'm a rock collector i don't even i don't even know what i don't open it i wouldn't open it there's snake in there i don't know i would never open it so all these disciples surround this little kid and steal his lunch. When I was uh, in junior high, I broke my leg in, uh, <clears throat> in a skate park and um, I went to a school that was uh, tr- troubled and, um, and it wasn't that safe of an environment for me, especially on crutches. Um, so I was going up the stairs on my crutches and, and uh, um, somebody tackled me from behind took my wallet and my crutches. <laughs> so I know exactly how this kid feels, right? He's, he's prepared. He comes with barley loaves and fish. That was his lunch. His mom probably packed it for him. And he's ready to go. How is he going to explain this to his mom when he comes home? Who knows? He says, how, how, uh, but, How are these for so many people? And then Jesus says the same thing to the disciples that he's saying to you and I. Bring them here to me. It's kind of cool because my voice is like like raspy, so I could do like, I could kind of like imagine Jesus is going like, bring them here to me, you know, like (laughs) really, wow, you know. That isn't how Jesus talked, by the way. Uh but this is what he's saying. He, he doesn't say, oh, just five and two. Oh. He doesn't say, hey, how come you didn't? You guys don't have, you stole lunch from a little kid? You didn't bring anything? You had nothing? You didn't bring lunch? You didn't bring any lunch? That's all you got? You stole from a kid? He doesn't say that. He says, to, he says what's the number? Okay, bring it to me. This is the exact same thing he's saying to us. That situation you're going through, it seems insurmountable. And he says, well, what do you you got right now? What do you got? Bring it to me. Bring it to me. See, Jesus can't bless something he doesn't have access to. And so if you have a situation in your life where you're not giving him access to it, you can pray all you want. But it's not going to change until you bring it to him. You literally have to let it go. Maybe Maybe it's fear. Maybe you have a fear. Maybe... What's happening in politics nowadays is just drives you to, you're consumed by it. You're so scared. You don't know what the future of anything is going to be. He says, okay, bring that, bring that to me. Bring it here. No, 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 no. You don't understand, Jesus. You don't know. It's like, bring, bring it to me. Maybe it's an anxiety. Maybe it's a failure. Maybe you're living through, every day you live through an, a failure you'd had when you were in your 20s, 30s, 40s. And he says, what you got? And you say, I got this failure I've shame. Oh, bring it here to me. That's what he says. And then he says this, which I thought was really cool. This is out of Luke. Luke Luke's gospel is different because he does this careful study. He's almost like a lawyer going through and finding the right facts. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down to eat in groups of about 50 each. Right, now Jesus, Jesus could have just done an I Dream a genie and zapped it, and everybody's like, whoa, I got loaves in my pockets and fish and all this. But he gets all syst- uh, systemic, systematic on them. Go into groups of 50. Why? I wonder why he did that. Why? why didn't he just say, okay, start a line? Or, you know, we'll, we'll have it you know, Ubered over to you or whatever. I mean, like, what, what, what is it about these 50? I don't have the correct answer, but I know what I think. I think this was all for the disciples. Because here's what happens next. He has them all sit down in groups of 50. So if you do the math, okay, so you've got uh, groups of 50 and there's 5,000 It's 100 groups, right? Uh, and yeah, it's 100 groups. And so uh, here they are. Now imagine the disciples are sitting out and they're looking over these groups. You got this group here and this group here and you got five loaves and two fish. And you're like, how in the world is this going to happen? Here's what happens. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. And he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. Imagine this. You're Peter. You're Matthew. Whatever. And all of a sudden, you've got this basket filled with fish and loaves, and you're looking down at it, and then you're looking up at the group of 50, and you're looking down at it, and you're like, and the first person you come up to is Pastor Jonathan, and you say, uh, hey, 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 go easy on it, buddy, okay? Don't be grabbing. Got, I got all these 50 people. Don't go crazy, you know? You can't have a whole loaf. You got to break a piece off or whatever. And then you go to the next row, and you go to the next row, and you look down, and you say, what? There, it's still there and you go to the next row and the next row and you're starting to go wait how is this possible and you you go through your whole group of 50 and it's the it's the closest one right it's this one because that's that's where you'd, you'd start there and you, you turn around with your basket because it says they kept becoming back to jesus and so they turn around and they go back to Jesus, and I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'll bet he had the biggest grin on his face. He's like, you knuckleheads were trying to send him away, and look what I'm going to do in the midst of this. Gave him to the disciples to set before the people, they would, would come back, and then they go to the next group of 50. And I wonder if it started out like, well, yeah, you can have a whole fish. I, I, think, I think we're going to be okay, and... Yeah, you can, have a, you can have a whole loaf. That's fine. And then and they turn around, they go back to Jesus again. They get another basket, they get another basket, they get another basket until they get to a place where they get to their, maybe their fourth group of 50, and they're just like, woo, you know, like jumping it all out there. Like it's, a, it's, it's never going to stop. Jesus is feeding all these people. Now, can you imagine if Jesus had sent the people away? The disciples never would have seen this. We wouldn't have had this story. All four Gospels. He says he also divided the two fish among them all. It's incredible. Listen, you might not think that you have anything to give to the Lord. You might say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know that much of the Bible. I don't... You know, I don't, I, I, I work, I've got two jobs, I don't, whatever you give him, he's going to bless. So maybe it is a little bit. Maybe it is just two crummy fish. He can take that and bless your socks off with it. Now, I'm not saying health and wealth, and if you give to Jesus two fish, you'll fi- have 50 fish and all that, like it's a little Ponzi scheme, a Jesus Ponzi scheme, or a pyramid scheme or something like that. It's, it doesn't work that way. But imagine if he took away your anxiety. That'd be awesome. If he took away your fear. If he took away your shame, because you were willing to just take it and bring it to him. And they were all all ate and and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketful of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men who had eaten was five thousand. And that was just men. The other. The other um, gospel tells us, not including the women and children, and they didn't count them. I don't know who tallied them all up, but just because a little boy had a lunch pail. Now, I want to shift gears for one second, because I said it's not your Sunday school Jesus. Who made that boy's lunch? Probably his mom. And his mom probably made his lunch every single day. And it was probably the same thing. And he probably complained, fish again, mom. Joey has ding-dongs in his lunch, you know. And it's like, yeah. You know, and it's like, if Joey told you to jump off a camel, would you do it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. That, that mom, th- think, 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 just, just think of this. I, I want you to connect with this. We say, how much do you have? What do you have? And you might say, man, as a mom or as a, and, and, and Taylor did a great job, thank you, Taylor, about including just anyone who's a nurturer, who's nurturing. You can be an, an aunt, a grandma, a sister, a teacher, and you just think, man, I just, I'm not doing enough. All I, I make their lunch, I make their bed, I, I make sure that there's, do you know that God can change the world through your little act of obedience about taking care of one of these little ones? Somebody made this kid's lunch, and it changed human history. There's only two stories that make it into all four Gospels. Resurrection and that mom who made that lunch. Now, I don't know what happened when he got home, because, you know, I, I, I don't know if you, I, I got this. I, I'm so excited I actually bought one of these. I don't, did any of you ha- use a lunchbox going to school? Do they do it anymore? No? not really too much okay good well maybe i'll raffle this off for seventy five dollars i don't know Uh, but you know i used to get home so what i would do is in my lunchbox there would be a sandwich an apple a little thermos thing that was filled with milk that stank by the end of the day uh, and then some carrots and celery that would immediately just go into the trash and that was my lunchbox. And so when I get home, I had to make sure that I, that the, that I would keep like an empty bag of the celery and, and carrots so that she, my mom would think that I actually ate them, right? I'm an evil person, okay, <laughs> tricking my own mom, okay? So I could just imagine him coming home, and she's like, well, how was the fish? You're like, yeah, you're not going to believe what happened. Jesus stole my lunch. Uh, <laughs> and he turned it into lunch." For five thousand people, Mom, I don't know how. When it says at the end, in one of the gospels, or most of the gospels, it says when they were done feeding everybody, there were twelve full baskets left over. And I, again, I might be reading too much into it. I wonder if Jesus gave that little kid one of the baskets. Why don't you go take this home to your mom? <laughs> he shows up. He's like, I don't know. You made lunch, and he made dinner. Here, here, here. You know, you, you go ahead. You go ahead and have it. And so just that little act of making this little boy's lunch. And so, so what I want to do, I want to do something a little different this morning. Because some of you, and again, you don't have to be a mom. You can be an aunt. You can be, a, um, uh, like I said, a teacher. Any, any, anybody that's, that feels a responsibility to nurture young people. It can be a heartbreaking endeavor. Endeavor where you're, you're, you're doing everything you can and you're not getting any of the return that you had expected. None of the gratitude, none of the um, uh, change that you'd like to see. Maybe for you, you have adult children and they've wandered away from the Lord and it just breaks your heart. And so uh, we've done this a, a couple times, but if, if you're a woman and you've cared for or are caring for kids, and you want prayer for that, maybe, maybe they're struggling with addiction, maybe they're, they're, they're just not in the place that you want them to be, we would love to pray for you. And, and we do it a specific way here at Living Spring because it, it's great that I'm up here, and that's awesome, and, um, you know, the sermon is amazing, uh, but... Um, <laughs> We, we say this here all the time, it's better when you're here, and it really is, because we get a chance to pray for one another. And so, if I've described you, maybe you're a teacher, and you, 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 just, you look at those kids, and you're like, I, there's too much to do. I, 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 can't, I can't fix every single one of these kids, and it's just overwhelming, and it's gut-wrenching, and you want prayer. Maybe you're a mom, and uh, you know, your kids have wandered off or you're, you, just, you just feel that way. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If I've described you um, or you're, you're just on your knees for your kids or maybe it's a neighborhood kid or whatever, again, just nurture. Uh, for those women who are feeling that way and you want prayer, would you stand up? I know that can be scary, um, but you're, 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 cause we're gonna, we're all gonna be standing in a, in a minute, but, uh, if there's any, anybody who wants prayer for your kids, uh, you can stand up. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's any, any, anyone, it usually takes one brave soul first. Uh, uh, there's no shame or, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is normal. This is normal. Anybody who loves kids, I, I can, I can see it. So, so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna make sure I don't miss anybody. Okay, for those of you who are around those people, okay, I want you to make sure that they get prayer, okay? So, like, Jim, if, yeah, if you guys could just make sure they get covered, okay? So go ahead and stand up and get to that person and just put your hand on their shoulder or whatever. And then I want to also make sure that nobody is, misses out. So if, if, you, if you stood up and nobody has their hand on you praying for you, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, uh, let me know. Does, that, does everybody have somebody praying for them? I miss anybody? Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is what church is all about, in my humble opinion. Uh, let me lead us in a word of prayer. Jesus, you know the hearts and the, how some of these women, they just feel so much compassion for children. And maybe it's just a lunch that they're making or a shoe that they're tying or a, or a um, you know, a conversation. Maybe it's something worse than that, something deeper than that, harder than that. Maybe they're on their knees every morning. Maybe they don't know where their kids are. Jesus, I just pray for healing. I pray for your anointing upon these women. I pray your strength. I pray your uh, your 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 um, presence that they would sense it. And Lord, as the aunts and the grandmas and the teachers and the sisters and all that are are they they just ache with compassion, Lord. They ache with your heart. I pray that you would you would give them breakthrough, Lord God. I pray you'd return these kids back to their parents. I pray that you would. Uh, bring healing where there's been broken relationships I pray in the places where it seems hopeless Lord God you would break through you would you would you would bring uh, restoration Lord God and Lord I pray that these women would be able to walk out of here with a renewed strength with a renewed hope so that they could see healing for their families for their friends for their neighborhoods for their classrooms we thank you for that We pray in Jesus' mighty name, amen.